you invited us, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Welcome to this last. I'm a guest, nigga. Treat me like a guest. Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast on this 30th, the last day of April. You just gotta do some creative editing. 30th, the 30th of April, 2020. As always, I'm joined by Robert Sapp, Chad Quinn, as we discuss episodes three and four of the of the Chicago Bulls Last Dance Jordan documentary. Fuck the Last Dance. Why don't we just call it the Jordan documentary? Like why forget this yeah, last yeah. day? Just call it yeah. just call it is the Jordan documentary. <laughs> all about Jordan. It's all about Jordan. It's all about Jordan. I got some good. I have some good stuff coming up later about uh, some criticism on the integrity of the documentary by one by a famous uh, documentary person, Ken Burns. Right. Uh, I'll say that for later though. He has some interesting interesting things to say about the documentary. Um, let me get right to it, uh, Isaiah. So. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas. So you have uh, Isaiah Thomas comes out uh, during a documentary. You have Isaiah with a quote. This was the quote during. This was the documentary quote. Because there's a lot of facets to this. Isaiah. Isaiah was a big winner this week. Isaiah was a big winner this week to me. Isaiah and the Bad Boys Legacy. Those they were the big winners this entire week. That was all we all I talk, all I heard was uh, interviews Joe Dumars and. You know, John Sally and I, every bad boy, Bill Lambeer. So the bad boys won this week. So during the documentary, Isaiah says, when you lose, when you lost, when, when you lose, you leave the floor. That's a direct quote from the uh, documentary that Isaiah said. When you lose, you leave the floor. Of course, during the documentary, they showed him leaving the floor. Robin's like, yo, fuck it. You just kicked our ass. I'm out. Mark Aguirre, Bill Lambeer. Those were the main ones. That left. It was so you had Isaiah, Aguirre, Lambeer, and Rodman, and a bunch of other motherfuckers that we just don't care about. They leave the floor. So Isaiah comes on first. So Jordan basically said, you know, he's an asshole. He's still an asshole. This is bullshit. Jordan was anticipating that he was going to try to switch up his story because years later to try to kind of like smooth it out. Isaiah on the documentary did not do that. Isaiah a day later on first take was like was kind of like, you know, it was kind of softer, to say the least. He's like, hey, I know it might have cost me a spot on the dream team, but, you know, they was coming up. We were going down. It was, the, you know, the, it was competition and what have you. While, while, by the way, getting his ass kissed by Jalen Rose on Get Up. This guy can't leave that out. And I fuck with Jalen Rose, but he was, he was doing way too much ass kissing on Isaiah, you know, going on Get Up. Then Isaiah comes out later in the week, like, um, and I, I want to get this right, I had this quote. He says, when he's comparing Jordan, talking about Jordan, he says, Jordan didn't three-peat against Magic, Bird, or Dr. J when comparing the 80s to the 90s. And he, for, and he said Jordan was, didn't even crack, was the fourth best player he played against during that time. He says uh, Kareem was better. Magic, Bird, and Dr. J. So fifth best player. Ooh, so Kareem, ooh, he had, he had Kareem, yeah, he had Kareem, Magic, he had Kareem, Magic, Bird, and uh, Dr. J ahead of him. I love it. Okay. So with all that being said, we're like, I'm confused by Isaiah in terms of like, you try to come off, you came off, you try to sound on Monday, you try to sound like you was like, you was real, you was sorry for it. 
walking off the floor. I'm like, where do I, where do we even stand on Isaiah as far as his real opinion? I think I know what his real opinion is, but he kind of, he was kind of all over the place this week. Right. Right. Okay. You got Davis. it. Nah, I mean, go, go. You go. You go. Okay. I got a response. I do. Okay. I mean, I think this, like, to your point, real, Isaiah didn't really change his stance. He softened it a little bit, but his message has been consistent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, number one. Number two, what you did not mention was Lambeer's message. No, no, I, no, 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 no. I, I was, I was strictly. I know. I, I trust me. I wanted to. I wanted to. Um, I was strictly focusing on Isaiah. So yeah, I, and I, I, get, I, I get why you did it. I get why you did it. But what I'm saying is, I want to bring up Lambeer for a second because. The energy, to be clear, has been consistent, right? Yes, Lambeer, yes. Yeah, but Isaiah too, to a certain degree. I think that with me, I've been conflicted because I've been preaching like it's so important to tell your narrative. Right. This is the Jordan documentary. Yes. So this is the Jordan narrative. There's a reason that we didn't talk about leading into the final game how Jordan talked about how they were terrible champions. Yep. yep. That did not come up at all yep. on the documentary. Nope. At all. Right. It also didn't come up at all with Isaiah's point was how the Celtics treated them. You know what I mean? The way the torch was passed, like, yo, we don't pass the torch, you take the torch. Now they did, they did the documentary did show the Celtics walking off the floor. And they showed it, yeah, but did. they didn't go back and forth with Jordan and this response. No, no there was no questions about that, no. There was no questions to that. No, so no. it was like, even like today, I was watching NBA TV and they're doing the NBA Films um, segment and it's Isaiah and um, John Sally sitting with James Worthy. Just as cordial about the Lakers and Detroit series, like there was a level of respect. And the, the, the biggest issue with the Detroit and the Bulls um, situation was respect wasn't there. You got this Negro Jordan, who's never won, telling me what type of champion I am to the Pistons. So the Pistons already felt disrespected going into that. You know what I mean? Now, Isaiah, to your point about you feeling like he was a lot softer in his response, I think he was softer because he still works for the machine. Lambeer was just Lambeer. I don't work for NBA TV. I don't work for Sports Center. You ask me a question, this time I'm give it to you. Isaiah came with a political answer like, okay, in the scheme of things, I'm emotional. This is what's going on. So even when you watch the documentary, Jordan couldn't have been surprised with Isaiah's response because he didn't retract his statement. He said, like, listen, there's a lot of emotions involved when you lose and play a game. This is how we handled it. Had I known the backlash, and I do completely agree with Isaiah. So if the backlash is Negro, if you don't shake hands, you're not on the dream team. I do believe Isaiah would have shook hands. I do. You know what I'm saying? I don't think the energy, I think the energy would have been the same. I think he still would have not like cared about these dudes. I think it would have been a real quick, whatever, but I don't think they would have walked off the court. The bottom line is, as Isaiah and Sally said in the documentary, we crashed the party. That's the bottom line. We crashed the party. The party being Magic Bird Jordan. Not Magic Bird Asterix, the Pistons. Right. Mid Jordan. The Pistons came out of nowhere in this Cinderella dream and crashed the party. 
and therefore you have this animosity between Jordan and Isaiah and all this other stuff. So I'm like, like you said, to your point, I do think that Isaiah wins because um, we talked about this offline, but I think the misconception with this documentary, basketball did not start with Jordan. I saw this on social media the other day, like people don't understand, like Kobe got this from Jordan and somebody got this from somebody, but Jordan was the original. He was not the original. Jordan doesn't like a lot of times pay homage to the other goats before him, but we're not talking about Dr. J's. We're not talking about Russell's. So Isaiah was already old school. Like, yo, it's a long line of people I've seen. He's the only person to say I beat Jordan, Bird, and Magic. Right. Not too many people can say that. No one can say that but him. <laughs> right. So I think that this, yeah, to answer your question, it's like, yo, this is the Jordan narrative of the Chicago, you know, franchise. So we have to take it in bits and pieces where there are certain things that are going to be revealed and there's certain perspectives that are going to be shown, but there's other stuff that we would never hear from. We saw the Detroit Pistons shit. You know what I mean? They had their own documentary and their own feels on that, but it's like, okay, this is Jordan's take of how his whole situation with Isaiah is. And we can talk later about what episode five and six looks and how they're going to make Jordan having nothing to do with the dream team and all the other shit happening. But I, I agree ultimately like, yeah, Isaiah kind of wins by just saying what it was this week. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah. Um, I, I'm confused by what the outcome was supposed to be. What was Isaiah supposed to say? I'm sorry. Like, would that have been, the thing, like we're re-adjudicating an incident that happened 30 years ago. That book has already been written and closed. We know exactly what happened. We know the reaction. We know the, like, we, we've, we've known how Isaiah has felt about it for decades now. Um, and that's, what, that's why I have a problem with the narrative that he's been wishy-washy or whatever. Um, <laughs> like it, think about it if any any of our lives we go back to a mistake we made 30 years ago whatever just a just an incident we're not the most proud about and then you sit us in front of live tv and then ask for us to talk about it um in 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 any type of depth um especially like you said chad he's still he's still in the, he still wants to be a part of the nba he's still a part of that that group so in your organization and ask for a what unfiltered like like just raw thought process about it no a time makes you wiser and makes you think about things differently it was 30 years ago out of competition direct competition to 30 years later you're going to have a different perspective and your damn sure gonna have a different perspective in front of camera, and your damn sure gonna have a different perspective when you know your bosses or the people that you interact with on a daily basis are watching your every word for something that happened 30 years ago. 30 years ago, I just can't say that enough. So like, A, my, my only assessment of this is that we all have way too much time on our hands and are building programming around something that happened 30 years ago and that he's already paid the price for. Like he's already paid, paid the heavy debt. So the only thing 
Isaiah could have done that would have been different was to get on television and say, I'm sorry, Jordan, for blah, 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 blah. Um, otherwise, everything else has remained consistent. And he just did, he just said it in more diplomatic ways. What I found about that documentary that was a tad bit insulting was um, when uh, the interviewer was showing Jordan like the footage of what Isaiah was saying about it. And Jordan got his, his opportunity to, to roll his eyes and suck his teeth and be like all oh, this and that and everything. Like, um, A, Jordan knows he's won. He's, no, he's won times a million. Like, um, if you have honestly had any type of real feelings about this, it would have been put out there before. So all of that felt like manufactured drama. And it was a waste of time. Because yeah. <laughs> nobody else, there's no other sports or anything else going on, now we all get to have various different conversations about something that has begun and ended for decades. That, yeah. Sorry. Sorry oh, <laughs> to break up the thing. I just, uh, I, I didn't have a whole bunch of patience. It definitely it. was manufactured from the standpoint of, if you have a problem, first of all, if you have a, if you have a problem with somebody. He doesn't have a problem. He doesn't. It's just that simple. No, he doesn't. No, no. To my point, if you really have a problem with somebody, you deal with it off camera. So it's not, so he doesn't have a, no, he doesn't have a major problem. He doesn't have a major problem with Isaiah. That shit was, it was for the audience. It was for the cameras. It was for the, the ratings. I completely agree with it. Cause he doesn't, like, we don't even hear about, if he has a problem with Isaiah, he's off camera stuff. He said nothing but good things about Isaiah. Isaiah is the second best point guard of all time. And I've heard interviews of John Sally saying um, that, that Jordan and Isaiah never had major problems. It was, it ended up, the thing that kept Isaiah off the dream team was in, was problem with magic. And I'll you know get to that get to that a little bit later. Um, so yeah, the Jordan thing, the Jordan Isaiah thing was kind of like I thought thought was drummed up. Um, to your point, Sam, definitely manufactured. You put yeah now you because now you know if you put that you put that video in front of like Michael Jordan, you know what you know what you're going to get out of Michael Jordan's perspective. You know he's going to say you know how he's going to respond. My my big uh, issue with that whole narrative is. We're supposed to be talking about the 1998 season. Why are we going back? Like, I get, no, 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 damn, I get. Why are we going back <laughs> to Jordan's first championship and going in depth there? The connection is Rodman. That's the connection. And so yeah. that's that would have been the focal point of it, not why the Pistons walked off the court against the Bulls. The thing is, the Bulls are building a dynasty. They won the first, they, this is the first the championship. The confetti rained down, Jordan's the king. Boom, now we move on. If you want to dive into that, then you're diving into the relationship between Robin. The, the, their 1991 championship and what happened in 1998 have nothing to do with each other at all. No. Like nothing, no. at all. So, can we stay here for one second? Please. So two things. Um, to Rob's last point, what I loved about episode one and two, I hated about episode three and four. I felt like it was too much movement back and forth with the timelines. You know what I mean? So like with no purpose. With no purpose. It wasn't intentional. 
it felt like this is a sexy move we're doing editing and this is how we're moving at first but it's like from a film standpoint from a director standpoint from a storytelling standpoint if we're staying here we're going to stay in this pulse for a minute right so we're talking about the pistons because of robin and robin's story we stay there we don't go there and go back here and go left and right um i do have a different take on the whole isaiah and jordan thing i don't think that it was sensationalized i think that jordan has always played chess or poker or whatever chess so i think that his lack of hate is not authentic i don't think he ever cared about anybody right so in the documentary when they talk about uh the coat van gundy uh, when I was in the Hall of Fame speech, Van Gundy saying that Jordan lures people in and make them like him. I heard Horace Grant, I heard his own teammates say the same shit. I think that Jordan does not like these players, but he smiles in their faces and shake hands. So I do think that he really doesn't like Isaiah, although we've seen countless episodes of him and Isaiah in each other's faces. I do think that those little anecdotes are peeks into how Jordan really sees people. I do, and I and I watched this with my wife. I watched the recording, and I said, "This is like um, a waste of time," because they show Jordan watching the recording. Oh, that was a different thing. But they show Jordan with the Isaiah situation, and he was planning for Isaiah to answer it a different way than Isaiah answered it. Yeah, he was. <laughs> that's what messed Jordan up. That's what messed Jordan up. Thought I, to Rob's point, he thought Isaiah was going to say something hypocritical or inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So when Isaiah answered, he's like, oh, of course he's going to say that. No. Isaiah basically said, look, I'm showing real emotions in the time, so this is what I was saying in that time. And had I known the backlash, I might have said something differently. Isaiah has not changed his stance on that. But because of this documentary bringing up old news, this is not the first time Isaiah had to deal with the ridicule. He's apologized to Sap's point again profusely about this. They even did the magic and Isaiah coming together. All the documentaries. All, like, of them, all of them that have any of them in there, that comes up. Exactly. So it was a pointless time because there was no new angle brought up. The only thing that would have been new would have been if they talked about what Jordan said ahead of time. <laughs> that would have been the only new angle. Like, could we all give Isaiah the role of being the villain? And it's easy to give him that role because of the bad boys, Detroit Pistons. But if we had to have that one little antidote, like, oh, so Jordan was already saying this dude has never won anything is already saying they're bad champions ahead of time. That would have gave me a whole different perspective that Isaiah is over here doing a whole apology circuit for unnecessarily. So it's just, it's just interesting. But go ahead. I'm going no, to build off. I'm going to build off a little bit. I don't want my point misconstrued. I think the way that this was constructed proves absolutely that Jordan's a vindictive son of a bitch, right? Like this is only in there because Jordan wants it in there and wants to poke this old wound. That's the only reason this segment exists. Um, It doesn't serve any purpose to the narrative that they propose that they're talking about the fall of the bulls in 1998. This is, Sounds like Jordan. Not sounds like. I mean, it's it's just obvious. It, no, it it's is. just obvious. It's it obvious. And so and so, I just wanted to be wanted to make it clear. This like 
there's beef. There's absolute, absolutely beef. And it's all one-sided in yeah. terms of Isaiah would be happy not to go yeah. through this over and over and over yeah. again. It's other people. And in this specific instance, particularly, it's Jordan that brought this back up to poke it however he wanted to poke it. And then you brought up the excellent point, Chad, of when he didn't get that response, how he how he reacted. Because he was he was aiming for a very particular response so he could absolutely go in and then we didn't get it that was that was absolutely telling and hilarious i wanted them i like i wanted them to ask isaiah and this is why i was i was disappointed about the director in terms of his questioning i wanted him to ask isaiah what do what were your thoughts on rodman going to the bulls so let me let me say this real quick before you get direct uh disappointed at the director once again, like the narrative is who's controlling the narrative, right? There's a lot of stuff that doesn't make it off the cutting board. So we don't understand, like, if we get five minutes of Isaiah, more than likely they shot an hour and a half. Yeah, no, yeah, no, question. Right? So we don't know what made it when it comes to edits because Jordan is still signing off on edits. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, Jordan is making sure I'm going to control how this story looks. So there's a, I mean, like you said, but you, I mean, I'm not discrediting what you're saying. Like, if we're like, ultimately, the reason that we're bringing up the Pistons is twofold, right? Is to talk about what Jordan had to overcome, right? And this Rodman relationship situation. They did the Jordan way of talking about what he had overcome, but we did not get into the Rodman situation completely. Like, as far as like, if there's any unsettling, feelings they talked about it really briefly but they to your point they didn't really ask the pistons like so now that your man joined that team i agree with you but once again it's like i don't want to put that on the director it is the direction of the show but it's like it goes back to with there's a theme going on here yes it's very clear what the narrative is You're right that's it's all very clear it's yeah. very clear it's very clear so they do basically we do a whole episode of Dennis Rodman. Uh, they show the Vegas trip. They show his backstory. Uh, he leaves for Las Vegas. He's supposed to be gone for 48 hours. He leaves, of course, he wasn't going wasn't going to come back in 48 hours. Leaves, ends up leaving for 89 hours. Jordan has to go get him out the hotel uh, <laughs> with, with uh, Carmen Electra. And we just basically see how Rob again, how Robin came up and mom kicks him out and all that shit. Um, too much Robin. Where we where do we stand with the how they use Robin uh, in the documentary? All right, I'm gonna lead off on this one because okay. I was the one last week that said fuck Robin. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so it's so I I didn't I didn't change my position, but. But still, fuck Rodman because the background, like the, all the background stuff, right, was literally Rodman being like, eh, whatever. I just, I just, you know, people just somebody says, and I was just like, whatever. Like, so what? Fine, you don't care. You're you're chill. You're laid back. That's fine. So the backstory, whatever. Um, but as much as I was not interested in the Vegas trip last week. I left that story wanting so much more. As a matter of fact, 
damn everything else that was said in those two documentaries. I would have loved to just know beat by beat what happened in that. But I want Rodman to talk about it. I want Carmelo. Everybody, just walk me through everything that happened in the Vegas trip. Just, just that's the story. I want to know everything. And I want to know, Michael, you tell about going in there and everything that you saw. Like, that honestly would have been very interesting to me. I'm being a little bit facetious because that would have been salacious and would have had nothing in particular to do with the sports documentary, but at least that would have been interesting. At least that would have been new information. And that actually, that's the part of the story I was actually very, very much interested in and would have, would have, would have loved more. Outside of that, um, the Rodman, like I said, the, the narrative is very clear. And so Rodman, in this sense, to me, was used as a prop. And it's like Rodman was the, the way that everything leading up, Rodman's a head case, can't be controlled until he came to the Bulls and was under the wing of Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson, Scottie Pippen, da, da, da. Uh, you know, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan had to literally go and get Rodman and bring him back and set and settle, settle him in. And so where, of course, Jordan's backstory, very authentic. Pippen, the surprise, surprise one of this entire four, four episode series in terms of like how authentic his backstory was told and how, how it, it kind of actually gave you a new perspective of him. Um, in this case, this just kind of like reaffirmed and honestly kind of made Rodman like not look like he, the, the, the effort and the energy and the everything that it takes to be a superior athlete in the M- NBA was there, but was just more a prop of the, the might of the Bulls and what they provided that calm Rodman down and provided him to be the, the piece that they they would want him to be. And last thing before I let Chad talk is um, I know this isn't going to happen. I know this is going to happen. But I, I, I wish there was like a little side something <laughs> because no, 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 I'm, not even, I'm not even going yeah, in any yeah, negative yeah. direction. Um, the, the part, on, and this is what I mean by like, like how downplayed the backstory, the part with Jordan and Rodman are on the bench and they're just talking strategy I could listen to hours of that because that to me shows not only the natural course athletic ability, but the mental acumen that these athletes have to have. And somebody like Rodman, right? Like when he's talking about like all the different rebounds, like just all of that, that's the genius that these players have in perfecting their craft. But what we got of Rodman was just... I, I don't even know what that was, to be honest. With you. Let me let me jump in here because Rob, you have laid it out perfectly. It's a perfect transition to where I'm coming from. The question was, was it too much Robin? No. It was too much of Robin that we didn't need to see. That was the issue. Like going back to the piston situation, the last episodes just showed showed us more of what we already knew or what we already heard of, right? So depending on how you dice that information, there's a couple things that I pulled from that. Phil Jackson said, you got 48 hours. Jordan got him in 89 hours. So that's already telling me 
that you don't fuck with Phil Jackson to that level that they made it, that you listen to him and respect him. Which also in the documentary talked about Phil Jackson being Robin before Robin was Robin. This nigga never averaged more than eight rebounds a game. Just just to be clear, Phil Jackson, like I get it, he's a hippie, but let's not make him this kindred spirit with Robin all of a sudden. Like that was he, he was the Robin of his day. <laughs> very far fetched for me. <laughs> Huge issue with that. My brother is like he's the Robin of his day. I was like, no, he was not. <laughs> no, no, he was not. No, no, yes. You know what I mean? So that was some bullshit. And then to Sap's point, like, I wish we could have spent more time. And they talked about this in a um, documentary when Jordan gives us the antidote of Phil making everybody pay for Robin when he came back and they're doing these laps and it took them four laps to finally catch Robin. Right? Are we talking about Robin breaking down the X's and O's of how he rebounds and how he knows how to spin in the ball goes with Larry Bird as opposed to Jordan? We didn't get enough of the genius that was in him. We saw more of the wild, unkept side of him that we already knew of. And I feel like that diminishes who he is as a player on the court. And at the same time, it elevates who Jordan is and who Phil Jackson is to Rob's point of this random dude, mind you, already a champion, (laughs) <laughs> but this random dude, yeah, two-time champion, yes. that needed a home and needed someone. And also, um, his ethic was in question because when Pippen was gone, he was Jordan's number two, but then didn't know how. Like, so it did not paint Rodman in the best light. But I'm like, if you're going to use that time to tell other narratives, what stories are you telling? And why are you telling those stories? So really, I do, yeah, go ahead. Really quickly, I just want to, your storyteller, Chad. Madonna says to Rodman, don't let anybody do it and create, what? Hold up, so let me say this real quick. And this is where Rob, <laughs> Rob made me go left and I didn't want Uh-huh, uh-huh, I just had to, I had to. Come on Let now. me tell you, let me tell you honestly, from what I do, when I saw the documentary last week, as soon as they brought up Madonna, you know who I thought of? Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I thought about that fucking bullshit ass movie. What's the name of the movie? Anybody know? Speed Two. The Last Mile. No, oh, with the football player. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Blind Side. She won an Oscar. This is what people may not understand. The fucking football player said that shit never happened. They were like, "Yeah, nigga," but yeah, yeah, yeah. our story told the story. <laughs> she won an Oscar for a bullshit story. The football player, like, yeah, I was, I was adopted by these white folks, but they didn't teach me how to play football. I knew how to play football. What are y'all talking about? So it was like going back to like the, the problem that I'm reconciling as I'm watching this is like, who's controlling this narrative? So we're saying this two-time champion who didn't know who he was, he needed to consult with Madonna to say, hey, they can't tell you who you are. Be who you are and you'll be free. That's who we had to consult with along with understanding that Phil Phil Jackson is the first coming of you. So he understands you (laughs) um, better than you understand yourself. So it just made Robin look like he needed the Bulls more than the Bulls needed him. And just really quickly, just, just, just just on that point, like this is my problem when (laughs) <laughs> this is my problem with narratives are told like this, right? Like it, like if that 
who who gave that anecdote? Robin didn't say it. Madonna damn sure didn't say it. John Sally said it about them. Like, if you're going to bring something like that into the story, then have the principal people there say it and explain it. Right. And the reason why you don't have them there is because it just fits into a nice narrative really quickly, and it's just the, it's just for the narrative. And that like that's why I mean like it's very clear how this is going. This is not about bringing up anything new or discovery or even putting people on the record for things. This is about telling a story that is palpable to people. And I think I said this offline, I can't even remember, but it was confirmed. I was talking to a friend um, who was, you know, we're all older than everybody, but so who was a baby during that time. And they were like, I didn't know all this about Jordy. Jordy was really that great and da da da, everything like that. And that's why I was, that's when I said, when I said offline to, to both of you, this story is to reaffirm, reaffirm the myth of Jordan and the Bulls, not to bring up anything new or to, to put a new perspective on it. What I found so annoying about the Rodman thing was while they're propping so many people up, that did not um, do anything for Rodman at all as a matter of fact if i didn't if i wasn't educated on the subject i would the literally literally i would just be like that's a dumb negro who just could grab now listen real quick, <laughs> like that out. would literally be my assessment of now, real quick i gotta say this shout out to nas the lyric was we read history but who are the authors you know what i mean and that's the importance when we're doing these type of documentaries i think it's great and we're learning a lot, but because there's still a story being told and there's still perspectives of stories being told, to Rob's point, if I don't, if I'm not a historian and I don't know who Rodman is and I'm learning based off of this documentary, I'm not that impressed. At all. I'm not that impressed with who he was as a player. At all. Yeah, so it is what it is. So in that sense, to answer your question finally, maybe it was too much of Rodman. If we're going to show him this way, that was too much. <laughs> I didn't need to see more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the prism that, like, for us is different because, again, we saw this. We saw all that shit when he was doing all that wild shit. And, it just, like, it's not going to impress us at all. Maybe a 20-year-old is like, oh, or a 15-year-old, like, or a 25-year-old. But we, this was like, all right, we've been there and done that. I thought they could have cut his time in half. I didn't need to see him. I knew they were going to do it. I had no problem. Didn't have a problem with them doing stuff on him. I just didn't need a whole episode of it. I thought that was just too much Rodman. Um, you know, too, I, just, I thought that was just way too much of, of him. Like you said, if they – now, you, you interview Madonna and you want to talk about why you said that, or you want to interview Isaiah Thomas, if Isaiah Thomas is talking about, well, we were disappointed when uh, Dennis left and we felt betrayed, stuff like that, whatever, whatever, fine. But um, he, I thought I was watching Robin's documentary for a second. I thought, like, this is a Robin documentary? So I didn't, I didn't need 40, 50 minutes of, of Dennis Rodman. Um, Phil Jackson, 
versus Doug Collins. Now, my perspective on Doug Collins changed throughout the course of this episode. I'll let you know why. But what are your thoughts on how that that dynamic was? Phil, Doug Collins getting the job, Phil kind of being groomed by Jerry Krause with Tex Winter, and how that uh, how that unraveled in uh, 89 when Phil became the coach. Yeah, I'll go first. Sap. I'm quicker, I think, with this one. This was interesting for me. And this is why it's interesting, because I've never heard any NBA um, academic talk about why Tex wasn't promoted to head coach in a certain way. Like, everyone talks about the genius of Tex, right? We don't disagree. I heard about him when he was in the Lakers, the Chicago, all this. So going back to this whole theme of narrative, Krause had Tex as his man. Right. You know what I mean? Um, Phil comes up as his apprentice in a certain degree, but they were already building up. The thing that's just, just weird for me, especially for white men, um, you don't see a white head coach, a, a white winning head coach get fired when having a great relationship with the franchise player. That just doesn't, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen that often with black coaches. It happens sometimes. And I go back to Mark Jackson. You brought that up the other day with Steph Curry relationship, but Mark did some shit, other stuff, politics, and that's what got involved. But I'm like, okay, Doug Collins got Jordan. They both were young. As Doug Collins brought up in the um, documentary, he MVP, he's all of these different things that Jordan is under his, under his reign. You know what I'm saying? They're winning more games. Um, but once him and Tex had their disagreement is when the friction really built. And I was like, the, the documentary treated, treated it like an asterisk where I wanted, I was very intrigued by that situation. I was so intrigued by the time span. I was intrigued by Doug Collins answer where he was really short. Like, you know what? Things happen. You can feel his energy in the interview. Yes. yes. Uh, let's stay here. And that's the thing is when you talk about storytelling, when you hit something, you stay there. Like, hold on. Ooh, 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 ooh. This is something. Let's stay here for a moment. What's going on with this Doug Collins text Phil Jackson shit? When he makes a comment said, Oh, I knew Phil was gonna be a head coach. What do you what do you mean? Jordan loves you, right? Y'all just won. Y'all just got to the next level. That's just a natural, natural trajectory. So it was really interesting that they treated this nothing more than a blip. They spoke about it, then they kept on, and we on to the next clip. And I'm like, nah, we should have stayed there a lot longer. So that was kind of like disappointing for me when I was watching episode three and four. I'm like, anytime we get into a, a little difficult situation, we kind of like glance over it. And I wanted to hear more about what Doug felt. I wanted to figure out, like, did Jordan really come to Phil Jackson, like he said the next day? He said, all right, let's go win. Is that really what Jordan was about when he said, no, I really love Doug. He, gave, he understood me. He got the ball in my hand. This is what it was. I was just very intrigued that I felt like there was something that doesn't sit right with me about that whole situation. And I felt like if they had have really explored it more, it may have gave me an opportunity to some type of insight as to what they would do in the future. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to know more about Krause's relationship with Collins. You know, both Jerry's relationship with Collins. I wanted to know more about that that I didn't see. So I was like, kind of like, I was just let down when they glanced over it. So, yeah. I'm trying to not be super negative. Um, but when you phrase the question, Doug versus Phil, I asked myself, did I learn anything new about that situation? And the honest answer I have is no. I saw Phil drawing on the board in text. They were diagramming plays. I guess that was new footage. I mean, that was new footage. I hadn't seen that before. But in terms of the intricacies of that relationship and why it broke down and everything that you outlined, Chad, I mean, I wish I could speak more on it, but the, the document didn't give me any more to speak on it. So all I can say is it appears that Doug Collins was <laughs> was out and Phil was in because he could play ball better with the with the management team. That that just that's I can only go by what was shown to me in lieu of any new information. Um we all have speculation and everything like that. And like I said, again, this is where I probably get a little bit negative, more negative, is this is stuff that has been well documented for 30 years. Like this is, like this is, this documentary is called The Last Dance. So we're supposed to be viewing a 30 year old time frame differently and we're getting the same information told in pretty much the exact same way. Um, so yeah, I would I would love to be like, yo, this let's let's choose a side here. He had this perspective, he had this perspective, this person had this perspective. Let's really dive into it, but I can't because they didn't give me any of it. So let me jump right back in real quick, real to what Rob is saying. I haven't never I've never watched this movie, but I I watched some of it the other night finally. Will Farrell did his movie called Semi Pro. Right? Did anybody see the movie? No. Okay. No. But it was talking about the ABA and the CBA and the come up. He was the coach of the team, but he was doing bullshit. He was like marketing and all this other stuff. And then they had one player that actually played in the NBA before, which is Woody Harrelson. He played for the Celtics. He knew the X's and O's in it. And eventually he became the coach. I say this to say that the Doug Collins um, segment reminded me a little bit of the Isaiah Thomas segment, whereas like, they went into it wanting one thing, but they got something differently, right? So in theory, if Isaiah had responded differently, it would have gave Jordan the capacity to talk the way he wanted to, right? The way the narrative tried to present it was, Doug Collins isn't an excellent old coach. He's not really coaching. He's like a cheerleader. He's just drawing up plays for Jordan. Jordan goes- That's for Jordan. And that would have worked if they weren't winning. That would have completely worked. And it wouldn't have been a whole big conspiracy. It wouldn't have been anything else I wanted to see. If Doug Collins had been Jordan, nothing more than Jordan's jockstrap or cheerleader, but they were still losing, I would have completely understood why they made the move. But 
they couldn't completely get what they wanted because he was still winning. And that's where the issue lies, right? That's why when we talk about Mark Jackson, it's always just like, well, damn, well, how did that happen? They're winning, and the franchise player says, this is my man. So what's missing? And that's what brings me back to the point of, like, there's this gap. Go and I'm gonna ju- uh, let me jump in because the, again, storytelling. Let's let's look at this as, in terms of telling a story. Okay. There's no conflict here. Nope. What you have, Doug Collins and Phil Jackson, talk to them at the same time. Like bring up a new perspective. Like literally, Jordy goes, "Doug is cool. That's my boy." Uh, okay. <laughs> Why are we talking about this then? Yeah. Yeah. What is the point of this? Why is this interview happening? Right. So if it's not if we're not going to dive in to the conflict of Jackson and um, and I'm I want to say Doug. You mean, right no, you mean Cross? <laughs> oh, you mean Crossing Crossing Collins? Crossing yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I, Doug Flutie was in my head. Um, uh, if we're if we're not gonna if we're not gonna dive into that, no, like the the Doug Collins, Phil Jackson, like you, those are the two principal people where the actual conflict can be talked about right now. Cross is dead, so he can't talk right now. Those are the two that can actually but, speak on their relationship. But this is the problem, Rob. You can't do both without amplifying what Kraus really did for the Bulls, too. Like, you've already painted Kraus in this corner. He's just a villain. Yes. They, the, the documentary has already said we're not giving him any credit. Yes. The documentary has already named that. Yes. So if we really bring it up and say, no, Kraus was gung-ho about this triangle and Collins was not with it, it gives him in a light that they don't want to show it all. Yeah, and that's the point. 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 It's like, nah, so we're not going to do What you get instead is Jordan says, Doug Collins is cool. Doug Collins goes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil Jackson goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we move on. Exactly. Exactly. But that's piss poor storytelling is it from, no. from my perspective. No, it's not. I, I couldn't it's, not agree. <laughs> it's not good storytelling. I thought from watching Collins and showing some of the footage that they showed First, first when he's doing an interview in real time, um, he it seemed like he was holding something back when he asked when he asked the question. There's no question. It seemed like he was holding something back. Like he wanted to say it, but like, all right, you know, I like I get I like me and Michael good. I don't you know, and I don't want to step on any toes. But watching all the, the old coaching footage, and he's in the locker room, and he, you know, it's kind of like the rah rah coach. I I do think eventually that would have worked in as far as like them advancing and winning multiple championships. I do think they need he was he was too he was too friendly with Jordan, in my opinion. I thought he was too friendly with Jordan. And I and Phil Jackson came in and immediately challenged Jordan. I, I hear that, but Surreal, you're speaking to the narrative that we already know. We, we we already have that narrative because history played out in a certain type of way. No, but I'm saying before this, before this documentary came out, I thought sure. Years, I thought for years that yeah, Doug Collins would have won five, six championships too. Sure. I mean, and we we all have our certain thoughts on how things would have gone, like all of these things. We we can all have our own thoughts. But what did my point is what did looking at this documentary and watching it, how how did that do anything to any of the prior thoughts that we, we have had? I've 
said many times in my head and yelling at the TV that um, my hope for this is that there's new information presented on a subject which we knew we, we thought we knew. That's in my mind why you would do something like this from a storytelling perspective. But if this is just to reaffirm everything that, that we've already been told for 30 years, then this is, this, this is the direction of it. Oh, I waited 51 minutes to say this. Fuck Phil Jackson. <laughs> okay. Let's not romanticize him challenging Jordan. Fuck out of here. First of all, in the documentary itself, it's that Collins challenged Jordan during the practices and how he was switching shit. All Phil Jackson did ultimately was do what Tex was already doing and said it. They romanticized this whole John Paxson give him the ball situation. How many fucking the games did Jordan score 40 and 50 and 30 times? Fuck out of here. Jordan did Jordan when he wanted to. Phil Jackson, there's multiple articles talking about he would write book, get these books that Pippen and Jordan wouldn't even read. Jordan didn't give a fuck about no Phil Jackson. He liked him as a person. It's not like he needed him to propel him to be something that he already was going to be anyway. They still would have won just as many championships. And I think it goes back to more so the powers that be behind the scenes. That goes to the two Jerry's. There's a conflict there between Jerry's and Doug Collins and what they wanted. That's the biggest issue because ultimately, and that is the one thing that's consistent, regardless of what Jordan wanted, they did what they thought was their smart moves. They didn't make any move based off of Jordan. That's the commonality. Charles Oakley's his best friend. Bye. He likes Doug Collins. So they did shit that they wanted to do. Fuck out of here. And fuck Phil. So rated. Sorry. I waited 53. Yeah, I know you did. Phil's not overrated. Um, I want to give you so that that gives back to my point in terms of earlier episode, the last episode we did about how much power the Jordan really had. So if you're making this move, Doug's is due, Doug's out. Um, not paying Scotty, um, bringing in Rodman. Well, he, I mean, he acquiesced, he acquiesced to that move. How much power did Jordan really have? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, like, so I'll combine what Chad just said with what we were talking about in the last, uh, the last episode or the last two episodes. Um, it was an emerging concept for players to have power. We all remember that time very well, and it just wasn't a thing. It just wasn't a thing. Management made all the moves, and the players just kind of went with it. On top of that, I think history bears this out, Jordan's very apolitical. He's not going to make waves. That's not him. That's not how he makes his moves in this world. Um, and so on top of that, with uh, something like, so, or, or in a situation where you're switching out, you know, different people for whatever, but the focus is still, it's still about him. It wasn't like any of these things was taken away focus off of him. And so I think you combine those three factors in there and um, 
it's it it's whatever power Jordan had would not have been evident to to a lot of people particularly within that organization now we get into the next episode where they where it looks like they are going to twist history a little bit Jordan wielded tremendous power if he didn't fuck with you and didn't like you he would wield it like a blunt object but if it didn't bother him or if it didn't impede in his going throughout life and doing whatever he did then it was no worries yeah i i agree completely i think that when we talk about jordan and his power um is relative to the time era we talking about so i i equate it to like say film right you think about the black exploitation era um in the 70s this was the first time you had black writers and directors and lead characters that was huge however they were still relegated to playing pimps and hoes so it's still in a box if you will so i think that jordan had unprecedented power but it was still in a box that's a good so he had the power to i'm not i'm not signing his autograph nigga you talk to him he had a power to be an asshole he could talk to his GM anyway, his coach anyway. He could laugh at him. He could show up with a hat on, a suit. He could be late. He could take a vacation. He had that power, but he had no power that affected the bottom line, the bottom dollar. So he didn't have like the money play power at the time, right? Or at least understood that. Like, so to a certain degree, Pippin' shit was Pippin' shit. He didn't have organizational power to make moves, which is why the fucking franchise still ended, which is why Krause said, no, this is Phil Jackson's last year. I'm telling you. So, like, his power was still in a bubble. You know what I mean? So you'll see lesser players with more power. And I brought this up last week. Carmelo Anthony had way more power than Jordan. <laughs> now, people will laugh at me saying that, but it's like it's the truth at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? The way he moved and made people push with the organization – no, he's, I'm not at all saying Carmelo is on Jordan's level. But when you think about the shit that happened, and unfortunately, because of Jordan and what he did, this is why Melo had the power he had. But during that time, Jordan still is underpaid. We talk about Pippen being underpaid. Jordan was way underpaid. But he still had all these other endorsements. So from an NBA standpoint, he was just like the head of the Negroes. He was the porch monkey. You know what I mean? He had that rifle in his hand with the white man behind him and could tell it when somebody else is getting out of line. But he still was in line with the rest of these niggas. So. Speaking I'm, of, I'm, wait, hold on. I, yeah, I'm a, so that, that helped. No, no, it helped to crystallize my thoughts on, on, on what I was saying. So, um, the, George, so the, when we talk about power, um, if you look at like the difference between Jordan and LeBron, right? Like, the moves that LeBron made not only empowered him, but it empowered people. It empowered other players in the NBA. Okay. There you go. Jordan, as we, I, I think his history would, would lay out, was more about self. Not more about self. It was all about self. And so that's what I meant. The moves that he made were things that he cared about and that would impact him yep. and so if jordan's viewed as a villain he's not as marketable 
in Nike, right? Like, so that's why you don't make those loud, outrageous moves because you don't want that to happen. You want to have all of that to yourself. And so that's why a Camelo's power looks very different than whatever LeBron James was because it, it came from a different place of this is, I'm making these moves so that other people can make these moves. Agreed. Agreed. It's just that simple. As a top player, I'm not going to be disrespected like that. I don't give a damn who it is. And that, that, uh, that also wasn't a mindset or it was, it was a very minor mindset back in um, the 90s that has grown because of moves of people like LeBron James. But if we keep it all the way real, um, Jordan wasn't concerned with anybody else and wouldn't have wielded his power in that way, whatever, whatever quote-unquote power that is. And so I think when we're thinking about power, the, or, or at least the way that I view that question, you're like, why didn't Jordan make these, these overt moves? And the, the easy answer to that is Jordan didn't care about overt moves that impacted other people. Jordan only cared about moves that, that impacted Jordan. And by making those overt moves, particularly about how black male athletes in the NBA were like, like it, it was a long process because it went from squeaky clean to these niggas is all acting crazy and is wild. And then we had to get to that through that point before um, players could wield actual financial power and financial power leads to organizational power. That it was a long stretch for that. Jordan was part of that group that needed to smile, needed to dance, put on the suit, shake all the right hands in order to keep all of that Nike monkey. It wasn't until many, many years later that athletes like LeBron crushed that mold. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Ken Burns came out today or yesterday. Ken um, Burns. Yes. Ken Burns, who is war. the godfather of documentaries as far as his all around documentaries. Any Ken, Ken Burns documentaries have been legendary. Well, he basically came out and basically ripped this documentary said that there's no way he would have ever signed off on Michael Jordan having the type of control over a documentary, he says. So that was his thoughts. He says, way too, he says, there's no, just no way. He says, it's like, you can't, he said, basically says not real journalism. Yeah, I agree. I mean, real journalism is the truth not just perspective right you let the audience figure out what their perspective is we don't guide them and lead them anyway we put everything out there and they figure it out so we talked about this earlier and just to give a quick example what i'm saying is like that little edit of not talking about what the bulls and what jordan said about the pistons prior to the game those type of things that's where we're not being honest about journalism you know what I mean? Because now you're leading the audience to one perspective. Now you're leading a whole new generation who's not doing their research and say, damn, well, damn, the pisses are rude. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would they do that? You know what I'm saying? Because we're taking this perspective. And like he said, there are certain people you can't sign off on. There are certain individuals, and whether we talk about Jay-Z to President Obama, there's certain individuals that you wouldn't sign off on because of their magnitude and because I know they're going to want to tell the story their way. 
I want no parts of if I'm looking for the truth. Now, if I'm sitting up here, my objective is to tell a love story and talk about romanticizing their impact and what they did and their legacy, then sure be it. You know what I'm saying? But there's certain things, like if I can't just do what I want to do and come in here and get to the nitty gritty, you know what I mean? Like it was very calculated. Like when Jordan talked about um, the perception of the documentary before it aired, he was just like, I'm interested to see how this will all play out. We're sitting here, episode four. It's going to be interesting. We got six episodes left. I'm wondering, are they going to mention how Ku Coach was sixth man of the year? And his real, talk about where's Ku Coach? Where is Ku Coach? Where's Ku Coach? His real legacy um, on their foreign stage and everything, and how dope he really was and skilled he really was as a player. I'm just very intrigued with these stories and how we're telling them and how now will remember certain players. You know Here, what I mean? Here's what you have left. You have six episodes left. Wait, can I respond to the Kim Burns real quick? Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Thank go you. Ahead. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank <laughs> you for allowing me to Thank answer you, sir. the question. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. So I look at this in a couple of different buckets, right? Like, I've watched plenty of Kim Burns documentaries. Um, and he handles his material very well. Um, yeah, he handles his material very well. I, I would argue that that Ken Burns doesn't ne- doesn't necessarily handle like live ammunition a lot. A lot of his stuff is historical, and he's going back and digging Fair through point. things Fair and bringing up stuff like that. So, anyway, so I hear him, but the point is one that I agree with in terms of um, who tells the story and why is the story being being told i would co-sign in terms of my question now is what value is what is being put out there so if it is just entertainment for us to watch over a five day uh five week span a little bit over a month they're fine that's fine that's fine you know it's a netflix you know something that's that's interesting to click on um but if it is about truth then we do need to bring in journalism and the best documentaries especially when they're dealing with most of the the subjects who are here and are able to talk about the different things that we're talking about is you might start in one direction, but the stories that the people who were there who can tell you what actually happened will always lead you in much more interesting places than whatever in your mind in a room somewhere you you popped out and so or, or prepared. And so what I'm looking at is there are stories that could lead in very interesting directions but because a certain person who's the central figure of these stories has final say those stories seem like they're being cut off whether it's editing whether it's the questioning whether it is you know after they're sitting in the however it is it seems like those stories are being cut off and the narrative looks like it's being forced in one direction and 
that to me is neither entertaining or journalism. Who's that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> We're in a <laughs> hi, Chloe. Hello, Chloe. <laughs> yeah. Back. Yeah, back. we back. We back. So anyway, that that was that was that was my ultimate point. That was my ultimate point. I completely agree with what he says, and then I would add on. I'm not sure this is entertaining or informative right now. Oh, you're not you're not entertained right now? I mean, I'm entertained like it's a net like like you know, if this was on NBA TV and it was running, you know, through a thing, but in terms of yeah, yeah. And I'm speaking specifically for myself because I was there. I I lived through all these different things and I've lived through the decades past. So most of these stories I've heard over and over again. So I was, my particular fascination was that this was called The Last Dance and that they had, un, you know, access that was not to be had ever before and that they had different principles of the stories and the narratives that we've heard who could actually speak for themselves. For me, it's like, if you're saying something, go on record. I want to hear the person say that. John Sally saying Madonna told Rodney. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Sorry, sir. <laughs> no, go ahead. No. Um, so annoying. So we have six episodes left. <laughs> you have <laughs> John, John Sally. You have um seems like they're gonna they're gonna get into the dream team stuff. Um and then the Jordan phenomenon or you know to be like mike and all you know all this all this can, shit. I, can I ask a question why are we talking about the dream team yeah what does that have to do with the last dance i i, I know i don't know I, I don't have i've i seen whole I've seen documentaries yes. Yes. dedicated yes. to the dream team yes. so why time. are we talking about it now i yeah i don't know okay. i don't know all right yeah that just interested um you have could it possibly be so that Jordan could say I had nothing to do you with Isaiah. Like, oh, Isaiah. Could have Perhaps. Maybe. 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 Hmm. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Yep. Just wondering. Maybe. And I, I mean, Magic Johnson might deny it. So he might have both of them denied it. <laughs> Denying they had anything to do with Isaiah not being on the team. Um, so you have that left. You have uh, the gambling that we want to hear about on the table, why he left basketball in 1993. That's, that's on the table. Um, so there's still some stuff that's on the table that may or may not get fully addressed. Um, what, what do you want, like moving forward, put four episodes behind, what do you want to see? What questions do you want asked in these last six episodes? Or do you just want squarely, squarely? No, this is, this is, it's a little bit challenging for me because I don't have, Chad warned me the last two episodes and I took that warning under advisement. And so I started to temper down my expectations. Then I saw these two and I was like, oh yeah, okay. This is definitely what's going on. So I expect to get what we've gotten, which is, uh, Jordan's perspective on all of these events. Um, and so I can start to create the narrative of what I've heard before. And then the only thing that will be new will be um, 
something Jordan wants to say about it. <laughs> um, so, 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 yeah. I mean, my, 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 yeah. This, this is not about my wants of what, yeah. what, what, what. This is not about my wants. This is not about my wants <laughs> at, at all. Um, so, uh, I expect to have it on and watch it and enjoy it for what it is. I, I think I'll be in a less annoyed place. No, no, I'm not going to be in a less annoyed place next week. After we get past the Dream Team stuff. Yep. And it's just Jordan rewriting his own personal biography. Like the gambling stuff, like whatever. I know we're, we're not even going to remotely get into nope. any of that. And him talking about his dad, I'm, you know, I'm no, no, nothing on that. I'm sure it'll be emotional place and like it'll be, it'll be, it'll be that. And that that'll that'll be him talking about his story. He can manipulate his story however he wants to. That that is whatever to me. Um, so I, I expect I expect next week to be equally frustrating for me, and I will probably vent. But then after that, then I will just enjoy how he's viewing his own personal history. Um, I really, really, really would like to actually get to the 1998 season. I just would just like to get to the 1998 season. All right, that's it. Oh, and cool coach. Cool coach. Cool coach. Tony Kukoc. I hope. No, Kukoc, hope, no. Kukoc is going to make a dream team appearance because they're going to show No, 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 no. Damn that. That's going to irritate me. All that's going to nah, irritate that's me. Fucked up. That's when we up. get to the 1998 <laughs> season, I want Kukoc to be able to build, like Bill Winnington and John Paxson have been able to talk about good moments. I just want Kukoc to no. be able to talk about good moments. That's it. That's so it. So let's talk about this. That's all. Kukoc to talk about a pass that he made that he enjoyed doing. That's all. So Rob's theme throughout this whole night has been storytelling. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we all watch enough series, Netflix, documentaries, TV shows, scripted, unscripted, whatever. And what happens is after the one or two episodes, you know what a show is. You do. You don't need seven, eight episodes in to know what a show is. You understand what it is and how it's moving and their objectives and their motives and all of that. I think that... um, what frustrates me is that they keep us in this illusion that they're never getting to. Like, just be a romance novel. Don't give me glances of truth and then get into, like, some bullshit. You know what I mean? So, like, when you talk about the gambling, they may bring it up, right? But they won't really get into it. Um, That's been the theme throughout the first four episodes. They'll talk They'll mention it just to say that they mentioned it, but they won't get into it. Maybe they'll talk about Jordan and politics and how the Republican comment came out, but they won't really get into it. Maybe they'll mention Craig Hodges at some point. Who knows? But they won't get into it. Now, I'm just saying, this is real shit. Wow. Okay. So, like, maybe these things will come up, but they won't really get into it. Because I know they won't get into it, I don't want to waste the time mentioning I honestly rather just be in a romantic comedy. 
I'd rather just see Jordan score 70 points and me get new footage of his dominance. Because if we're going to show Jordan's narrative and his story a certain way, and this is what we're going to show, I'm all for that ride then. I'm all Uh, yeah, all for his brilliance as a player. I'm Chad, all for, how yeah, did I'm you all, mute yourself? What did you I hit the button real quick. I was just <laughs> mute. You know, I moved my hands. <laughs> it was God warning me. Chill out. Don't say that next thing. I said, Craig Hodges, you can't say it three times. I can't. <laughs> CH, we out there, buddy. I believe in you, man. Nobody else going to bring up your name. I'll say it. I can't say it the third time, though. Oh. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm all for unseen footage of Jordan in practice, of him killing all these players, of him doing the unthinkable, of him breaking records. I watch all of that. But I hate to be taken on this goose chase that goes nowhere. That's a great point. And just, like, yeah. like just, just um, the space, if I'm not going to be in a space where this is actually going to be informative and like talk about different things, if that, then I just want to be nostalgic. Then, then, then take me back to 11 year old me, 12 and 13 year old. I'm fine with that. That that's entertaining. That's what I'm saying. But they keep, they keep snatching you out of that space. So you keep snatching me out of that space. And that's, that's what, that's why that question was, was difficult to answer. I like that. I like that. What I, look forward to is just being able to live in that nostalgic place. that's all it is man that's because like once you temper your expectations because it is to rob's point it's very frustrating you know what i'm saying like oh we're gonna go here oh y'all acting like we're gonna go there so i'm gonna sit there for a second and then five minutes in i'm like oh we still on this bullshit you know what i mean so and I nobody's dunking <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's scoring or dunking to rob's earlier point let me see Jordan grab Dennis Rodman out at 89 hours and say, Nick, you need to play basketball. And Rodman goes and rebounds, 27 rebounds for the game. I want to see this shit. Like, let's make this nigga Paul Bunyan. I want to see Paul Bunyan for these next six episodes because if you're not going to really spit the truth, then I'm okay with the illusion because it still is something in it. Not even an illusion. I'm still okay with telling the story that was still true. You know what I'm saying? There's two truths or whatever. And we can focus on this one side that a lot of younger generations have never seen. I'm all with that. But to Rob's point, to what you said earlier, Real, I don't want to continue to go over shit that I've already seen. And not only have I known, but really seen. You had a documentary called The Dream Team. The whole you had a Bad Boys documentary. All you had a Rodman documentary. All like, of it. This is nothing new. This is true. This is nothing new. I haven't had a Horace Grant documentary. Is he going to get an episode? I don't know. But like, at least give me something. Well, apparently Horace is going to be um, <laughs> knowing on the next episode about knowing about his place on the team and that leads to him leaving, which, by the way, was not true. He left because Jerry Reinsdorf wasn't going to pay him. He became a free agent. And um, Jerry Reinsdorf is the MVP of this whole The The documentary is called The Last Dance. When are we going to get to 1998? He wasn't on there. He wasn't on the team in 1998. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Do we really have to go through Horse Creek's arc? We do, because Jordan (laughs) needs to make sure you understand he was a snitch. 
Got it. Got Even if Boris Brent does not agree with that, <laughs> this is my story. This is nothing but another version of Jordan's Hall of Fame speech. He went up there. He said, Jordan, you want to do a documentary? He said, yeah, I want to do a documentary. But if I want to do a documentary, these are my bullet points. There's no cool coach. I want to take a detour to talk about horse rant for no random reason. Um, I want to tell people that I really like Doug Collins, but it just didn't work out. Uh, I want to big up Pippin, but I also kind of want to talk about the migraine situation, but not really talk about it. <laughs> like he had all of this detailed shit, and they said, "Okay, we got a document, we got a show." <laughs> and this is what happened. This is exactly what happened. I'm glad you brought the uh, the Pippin uh, migraine. So let's let's go back a bit. So Pippin game. Game seven of the 90, yeah, 90 Eastern Conference Finals. Detroit killed Chicago, 93-74. That game, Jordan had 31-8-8. Pippen, one for 10, two points, four rebounds, has the migraine. Did play like 40 minutes. Um, Jordan talked about it. You know, he had a migraine. He smiled at first, which let me know that he was biting his tongue a bit. On what he wanted to say. Yep. Wait, 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 really quickly though. This is my problem. Yep. Why are we read why are we reading through lines and re-adjudicating? You got Pippin there. Pippin, what happened? Yep. Jordan, what do you think happened? Why do we have to sit here like we sat 20 years ago and talk about well, what did Jordan's wink and nod mean and da -da -da -da, everything like oh, that? I, yeah, no, we shouldn't have no. We shouldn't have to at all. We shouldn't. They, they have to Why bring it up if you're not going to say anything about it? So I can wonder again about this, your wink and nod? Fuck out of here. Pippa had a migraine. That's <laughs> it. Nobody's, nobody's saying anything different. I don't give a damn about Jordan's wink and nod if he's biting his tongue. Because if it's his documentary, if he wanted to say something different, he could say something different. He could, but he could. it's his. But it's his brand. I know, I know. And I also, know. I'm not sitting here talking about his wink and his nod and whether he was biting his fucking. You know tongue. what? This reminds me of growing up. You ever have to look up a word in the dictionary and then grown it goes, ass says, man? Go ahead. So right. You look up a word in the dictionary it says see another word in the dictionary. You got to look up. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's like okay, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. find out this Pippin migraine in the Jordan documentary. See the Detroit Pistons Bad Boys documentary because in that documentary they talked about how Jordan thought the migraine was bullshit. He was actually more honest in that documentary. So I'm like, why are we here? I actually wanted to like when that shit showed, I wanted to get my phone out and play the Bad Boys documentary at the same time. And it was so much more telling in that documentary about Scottie Pippen. And Jordan's feelings about this shit. It was like such a waste of time. Why? Why? No. Scottie Pippen was punked. He was a bitch. He was scared. He had a headache. I'm like, this is what I would have been like. This is my reenactment. I wish they had it like, fuck, fuck the real footage. Let's have Dave Chappelle reenact what happened. After the game, we walk in and fucking the tunnel. See, this is why this is why you're creative. This is this would be great. We're walking in a tunnel. I look back like, oh nigga, you can see now, huh? <laughs> because when I watched the documentary, they said that Pippin couldn't see. When I'm looking in the tunnel, this nigga's walking down the tunnel after the game. Like, damn, that's tough loss. Oh, we watched, we we got vision? 
<laughs> now we have vision. <laughs> I'm confused. Fucking John Sally, Mahorn, all these niggas elbowed you in your head. And you were like, nah, I'm good. And you couldn't play anymore. Fuck out of here. I wanted Jordan. If anything else, it's like, yo, I don't even need that many wins. This shit, third, fourth episode really blew me. But if Jordan had been like, it had been quick, he'd have been like, that nigga ain't had no headache. I would have like, oh, thank you. I'm good. I would have shut my mouth up. I'd have been good for five and six episodes. I'd have been good. Right. I got a question about that. So before the documentary, Jordan when Jordan came out with this statement. I'm going to go, not say I'm going to go all out, but this documentary, going. I hope this doc, he says, I hope this documentary paints me, doesn't paint me in a place, uh, a negative place. So put, you know, yeah, it. Yep. He says this. Why not, is your documentary? Why not go all out? You're a billionaire. Why do you care about your brand at this point? I care about what people perceive of you at this point in terms of your personality. Because we all think you're an asshole anyway, or we're an asshole. Why? Why has he held? Why has he? Why has he held back? Except when it came to Isaiah. I'll answer that first. I think it's twofold, right? I do think that Jordan up until this point is still very concerned with his brand. Yeah. I do, right? Whether he needs to be or not, I think he's very concerned with his brand. And I think that within the last, let's say, five years, he's been more in tune with public perception. Like, during the 90s and the Gatorade era of everybody wanting to be like Mike, he really believed that everybody wanted to be like Mike when he was playing. Then when he fell with the Wizards and then as a Bobcats coach and the people laughing at how he dressed and all this shit that happened after the fact, it's like he didn't know that he wasn't still the fan favorite all of a sudden. He's like, yo, people laughing at me? He couldn't believe that. Like, what? They, they laughing at who, me? Jordan? You know what I'm saying? So that's why you get to the Hall of Fame speech. And you have this level of bitterness and this animosity. And don't, don't laugh if I say I come back at 50. You have this defense mechanism because all we're hearing about is LeBron and Kobe and all of this other type of shit. So that's my one angle was that he's still concerned with his brand. The other thing was it's some bullshit-ass marketing because it's the allure. When Jordan comes out with a press statement like, I'm worried about how this documentary will paint me. Dummies like me were like, oh, shit. Does that mean that it's going to be honest and real? So now you build intrigue with the yeah. pessimists already anyway. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, damn, if he's worried and Jackie McMullen and everybody else is on his nuts is saying yeah. this is real, well, then, whoa, well, damn, I'm in. I'm all in. And the mystique was there the first two episodes just off of the raw footage, but that raw footage is not enough to just carry me through 10 episodes no, no. without giving me some real shit. No. He knew exactly what it was. Yeah. Yep. That's all. He knew what it was, man. So, let's be clear. A, Jordan doesn't give a fuck what any of us think at all. Like, at, all. Like, at, at all. Like, zero. Um, so, that type of opinion doesn't impact him in the, in the least bit. And it also, we don't play in these billionaire waters. Um, and so I, I think we, we at least know this about very wealthy people. They don't like to lose a dime. <laughs> they don't like to lose any money. 
And so at any point in time, when it looks like the Jordan brand is on a downward trend, that's a problem. Whether it is $5, $5 million, $500,000,000, it's a problem. And that's, that's not a thing that, he, that anybody associated with him wants to see. Also, I mean, you know, like, with, like on one part, I kick myself because I have always, we've all known and all heard the stories that Jordan's had the media in the palm of his hand from forever. And I bet, I bet on this one. It wasn't that I heard other people saying it, who've always been in his pocket, and, and it got me. It got me. And it just got me. They're, he's, a, he's very good at marketing. Him and his team or whoever, they're very good at marketing. Always have been, always will be. They got me. They got us. Like, it's just, it is just that simple. Um, the arc is very clear to me now how this is going to go. go. This is a redemptive story and a perseverance story. Everything will be painted as this is what knocked us down and this is how we came up. We being the bulls, but more in particular, this is how Jordan overcame all these odds. Yep. That's where the last dance is going to end up. That's why we got to wait for fucking forever for 1998 to get here because we got to set the table for 1998 to be all odds. There's no way they should be able to beat the Utah yep. Jazz two years of and everything like that. And it'll end with people said I pushed them. Well, just all, just all of everything that was obviously there and my frustrations at me. If this turns out something different, then I will gladly eat these words. I will gladly eat these words. Um, if in four episodes we're like, wow, we ne like I never saw that coming. I never knew they would go that deep or that raw. I will gladly eat these words. But right now, the arc is very clear. And I simply say, this is marketing. This is yep. marketing. The Jordan brand was wherever, wherever it was. And it could just be in their heads, perception. We need to do something just to reignite. Just to reignite interest. It's just that simple. Yeah. Well, I will say this: they had um, <clears throat> they showed briefly, of course, the '91 Finals uh, when they beat the Lakers, and I, I it made me think about like, damn, I wish Magic. Of course, we didn't know this at the time. Like, I wish Magic hadn't retired because that could have been Magic was still in his prime when they lost. Like that could have been a two to three four year rivalry with those two going at it in the finals. Kind of got feel like we got cheated from that standpoint um, in terms of in terms of basketball. Cause that that you know that Lakers team was had overachieved. Portland was better. They beat Portland that year. And uh at, go ahead. No, I'm just gonna say nobody was talking about the Lakers at all. Like at all. <laughs> oh, of it's like the Knicks. It's like the Knicks. It's like, it's like the Knicks. Nah, it's like Jay Z there, and Knicks. There wasn't even a segue into that. Yo, listen, real quick, since you brought the Lakers, that Bulls championship was with an asterisk. I'm thinking, like, how long did Magic have AIDS? He <laughs> ate Magic. This is the point, Rel, where you unclick that record button, like, now. Like, now. <laughs> Yo, I mean, you know, just stop. Just unclick it. All right. My All argument right. will always be Jordan beat AIDS Magic. Go reset <laughs> Chad's opinions do not reflect <laughs> anyone else. I'll put in a disclaimer. <laughs> at all. I am looking down at my phone right now. Not saying that there's anything wrong with AIDS as far as your ability to perform, but 
I just want to put that out there. He beat a man with AIDS. And this is what happens when you bring up the Lakers. Real. I just want to let you know. This is your fault. Oh. Let's move on. Oh, the real, really quick though, real. Uh, no, 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 no. Because since he went there, like we were cheated, but they they did say the next couple of episodes are also going to talk about Jordan being offended by compared being compared to Clyde Clyde Drexler. Yes, yes. So that should be interesting. How he shits on Drexler for no reason. <laughs> Their players are sitting at home like, damn, what did I do? Like they want like, to watch it. Drexler don't even got any championships. Like really, you got to come for me. I ain't do anything. Drexler didn't compare himself to Jordan. Other people did it. It's so unnecessary. Mean, mean, just mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what you know. He manufactured rivalries that weren't there. That's you know, that was no, 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 that's just Jordan being mean. That's Jordan. No, that's Jordan being Jordan. Jordan, yeah, nah, he. Yeah, yeah, it's petty, but it's competitive. You know. No, 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 no. It's petty now. 30 years ago? Oh, now, yeah, now. Yes, now, because yes, yes, the documentary's happening now. Yeah, that, yeah no, it's petty now. That, yeah, you shouldn't bring up Clyde Drexler. Yeah, no. There's no reason to bring up There's just no reason. There's no reason to bring up Clyde Drexler. <laughs> 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 Clyde, Clyde chilling somewhere. Like, why am I being talked about? You know, relax. <laughs> so it seems like we've got to a point where we see the narrative um i personally have tempered my expectations i'm here for the and i'm just here for the entertainment at this point because i was completely disappointed by episode two um episode excuse me episode three and four mm-hmm. so i i just want to be and i just I'm, just want to be entertained at this point sheer entertainment you know i will say that it came at the right time because had we not been on house arrest um I would not be rushing to watch these episodes. It would like after episode three and four, I still would have watched it, but I would have been like, I'll catch it when I catch it. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's the perfect time because we're all sitting here star for sports and all this other shit. So I'm, I'm all for it. You know what I mean? But it was just like, it really was a big letdown after watching episode one and two. But at least I know going back to your temper expectations, how I'm looking forward, moving forward to five and six. Like, to Rob's point, I could kind of skip this dream team talk, but I watch some clips. I'll be on my phone playing Candy Crush and whatever and watching something, and maybe it'll be something funny that happens in between time. But other than that, like, I have no expectations of what's left in these six episodes. Like, none. Agreed. Yep. Well, we'll be looking forward to uh, episodes five and six. Again, seems like it's gonna be heavy dream, heavy dream team. Horace Grant on, you know, on a soapbox. Um, Clyde Drexler getting destroyed again. Yo, this documentary out. is called The Last Dance. Last, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Which... Nothing that you just said had no, anything. I know. To I, know, do with I, know last. I know. I know. Just, I just want to point know, that out. I know. Like, I know. You can't emphasize that enough. I know. Just want to point that out. Yo, he's a bully. Dance. He's a bully. We're going to talk about Clyde Drexler and Horace Grant in the next couple of episodes. That's so fucked up. That is such a bully bullshit ad. Bullies always know who to pick with. Yep. Like, let's talk about Bill Cartwright and Jordan fight, and Bill Cartwright, nigga, I will break your legs. I want to talk about that Bill Cartwright. I heard this shit. What happened? I want to talk about Jordan punching Steve Curran's face. 
These are things that I heard in the urban legend. Did it, did it happen? Did it happen? What's going on, man? Kerr is right there. You could just yeah. ask him that question. Yep, Kerr is right there. Cartwright. Cartwright's right there. Bill yeah, Cartwright. <laughs> Some bullshit, man. Horace Grant, these niggas can't sleep, man. They're like, Jordan, I thought we was good. No, we good. And then they see a fucking clip. <laughs> This some bullshit, yo. Everybody thought they was cool with Jordan. It's like, yo, they sitting at home with their families watching this shit. That's fucked up, man. Like, yo, no, MJ told me his documentary coming out. I want to make sure everybody can watch. They over there on social media telling their people, like, no, MJ, no, me, we cool. That's old. And then niggas, I say, it was like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> No, I, I said you should be. I said you should be surprised. No, no, we made up though, Jordan. We made like, I'm talking to Jordan, like nigga, we made up, nigga. Me and Magic cried on NBA TV and hugged it out. I already dismissed you. I saw it. I already dismissed you. Why you doing this, man? This ain't nothing new, nigga. How many times we gonna talk about this same? Me not coming on. We let this. We let the court, nigga. Come on, that's 20 years ago. I ain't talking about your shit all the time. I didn't even bring that up in my documentary. The Bad Boys documentary didn't even talk about what you said about me before the game. That's some bullshit, G. Like, yo, if I'm Jordan, if I'm all these other dudes, I'm mad, man. I'm mad. If I'm a Horace Grant, like, nigga, I'm not even famous enough to have an episode with my name in it. They should, this is your next, <laughs> this is your next thing, Chad. They should all get together and do a counter documentary. Oh, listen, I already got into making. What I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do a very low budget. I'm gonna take all of these little geeky ass 14 year olds clips on YouTube of Jordan gaffs. Put all this shit together of Jordan petty moments. I'm gonna put an hour together of Jordan petty moments and make a untold documentary series. I will watch that. Yeah, man. Watch Fuck that nigga, man. Let's talk about your sons, nigga. <laughs> why they? Why neither one of them even made it to the league? Neither one of them made it to the league. Luke Walt was in the league. John Stockton. Hold on, time out. Let me go on my rant. Let me go my rant. John Stockton had his son in the league. They feel so much pressure being his they, his son. They couldn't live up. They couldn't live up. Listen, you're he Jordan. For them. John Stockton had his son in the league. He was averaging two points, two assists. You telling me neither one of these Jordan niggas can get in the league? Kobe Carl. Kobe Carl. Remember Kobe Carl? Why your wife leave you, nigga? I want to know everything. Right. Ooh, that would be good. Because she took a lot of money. She got $168 million. Look, she good. She took half that. All, yeah, but no. Why? Let's get her on the documentary. Let's talk about the Wizards teammates. I want to hear Kwame Brown. <laughs> oh, no. Stackhouse already came out and said, Stackhouse said, I, I hate playing with Jordan. I want to hear that. Another I want to hear I do. I, I, I want to hear more of that. Let's, let's talk, man. We here. You know, we got nothing. We're going to tell the story. Let's tell the whole entire story. Right. Or oh, shut up. <laughs> I like what we didn't know. <laughs> the bullshit you giving us is a waste of my damn time, and I'm watching every time anyway. <laughs> Very mad. I'm sitting here every minute mad because I know it's some bullshit, but I'm still not going to turn it. And I'm going to still watch this bullshit. Oh, man. All right. We flushed out this episode. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, no, I got one more thing to say. Okay. I got one more thing to say. Fuck that. I got one more thing to say. Just for the record, and you brought this up, but you didn't bring this up tonight. Hell no, the Bulls would not have won without Dennis Rodman. We talked about Rodman earlier, but no, they would not have won. When they got Dennis Rodman, 
He was a yeah. five five time rebounder champion at the time. He was an all first team defensive NBA player. When I looked up the stats of just the first series when they played Seattle, they talked about the conversation of who was going to be the MVP even when when the Bulls won. Jordan got six MVP ballots. Sean Kemp got three. Yeah, there was talk that Jordan was like the third best player in that series. Exactly. All right, Rod, Kemp and Rodman. So, yeah, no, I, they would not have won without Dennis Rodman. The, the Bulls in that second three-peat played two of the best power forwards at a time, and Sean Kemp and Carl Malone. Yep. They would not have won without Dennis Rodman. Just yeah. for the No, he definitely got into Carl uh, Malone's head. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Sean Kemp was still shitting on him, but he only averaged 23 and 10. Without Dennis Rodman, the nigga would average 30. Easy. Nah, he did. Ken was a beast. Yeah. Sad. No, no, I remember it. Yeah, he's a monster. I know that's your team, but Gary Payton was hurt too. He didn't even switch Gary Payton on to Jordan to the game three or four or whatever. Yeah, yep. Yep. So, whatever. Oh, boy. (laughs) Love it. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. So, we're looking forward to episodes five and six. Uh, As always, thanks to you, Chad. Chad Cuddy Quinn, you wanna you wanna plug your your oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your film uh, tomorrow? tomorrow night, nine p.m. Eastern, six p.m. Western time, whatever, whatever shit that Pacific or whatever. Um, <laughs> Western time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yes, we have a screening of a film that I had a chance to write and direct for the love of music. We have a special guest. Dame Dash is in um, celebration of our partnership with his platform, his media platform. So tomorrow night we're watching the film. Then we're gonna have a Q and A after and have a good time. So thank you for that. All right, Seth, as always, sir, join the program. Always oh, a pleasure. Yes. Just just a bit of advice before you put this up. Just review it. <laughs> <laughs> just review it. That's, that's I don't all. Need to review anything. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's why my <laughs> advice was too. <laughs> all right, fellas. Later. Right. Peace out. <laughs> that's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast, the Jordan documentary, because that's what we should call it the Jordan documentary featuring everybody else. Uh, the Last Dance. Uh, I will see you. Sunday for episode six of The Wire. The Wire, that's the name of the episode with Rob Zach. I'm out. See you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.